finding the easiest way out to zero out my costs when I'm starting. Honestly, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So it's about to go down. What do you need money for, right? Was it ever on? I never saw it on before. So you can step up and go. Thank God to technology, right? Yeah. You yeah, track your expenses, like personal expenses drawn from your span of control. So you can read books around leadership. Success leaves clues. So look for those clues and then honestly I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hello, lovely listeners. Uh, my name is Emmanuel, Emmanuel Denchi, but popularly known as Ed. Don't ask me why. And this is the first episode of Honestly, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I guess that's the answer to all my questions. No, no, no. You know a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a very lazy name, but I find that it's very interesting. And I like the reactions I'm getting from people when I tell them. I think in all honesty, if you don't have an answer to any question, the respectful way to say is honestly, I don't know. Yeah. Accept awesome. it. <laughs> So basically, this podcast is here to talk about, you know, design, the industry of design in Ghana, you know, business as a whole, um, mental health as well, um, creativity and everything surrounding that. And first topic that we are starting with is how to bootstrap your business with nothing. Mm. And I feel like it's uh, an interesting topic to discuss to help a lot of young business. Yeah, very, very. And especially because, you know, after COVID, almost everybody is trying to start something. So we are just here to discuss how we think people can do it right. Mm. And, you know, stay in it for the long term without giving up because it's not an easy journey. It's not an easy road. And so who better to hit up to talk about this than our very own Foster, Foster connected Foster hey. and businessman and everything. Mr. So. Finding <laughs> the easiest way out to zero out my costs when I'm starting. I mean, that's, that's the basic principle of business. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So can you introduce yourself for our listeners? Whoops. Difficult question. Easy answer. My name is Foster. I love to play basketball. I, my favorite food is bangkung. And okay. when I'm not working, I'm binge watching Netflix back to back, especially series related to crime, series related to politics and business. I think, yeah, those are the things I find most interesting. And in my uninteresting times, I watch other things that maybe deviates from my normal usual line of thoughts but everything i do uh, revolves around a single purpose which is helping people find their parts as well as finding a way to start from nothing because that's what makes it difficult for people to actually how do i think without thinking Mm -hmm. so basically i'm sure this conversation will stay us in that direction i'll be able to share some tips on how i i started a few things with zero capital interesting so yeah i i picked the right guy <laughs> <laughs> i guess so I yeah because yeah, so. I, I i wrote down a bunch of people's names for the topic and i was like your name kept calling out to me foster foster foster, foster. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah i think from the introduction we all know your, your angels coming. your angels have really done the research for you <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so it's about to go down as somebody would say um so bootstrapping 
your business mm. from scratch with nothing. Uh, to start off, I think most creative businesses, especially, usually start like this because I mean, when you're going to school, if you're lucky enough, your parents will buy a laptop for you. Yeah. And it's like from that laptop, you do a couple of schoolwork, mm. a little commercial work, save up mm. some money, buy a better machine. And then from that money, you work a little bit and you buy other things and then you work with those and then you buy a camera. And then yeah. Before you know it, you have, you know, a whole bunch of things, you know, but I feel like sometimes it's harder for other people who have like literally nothing and no hope to start something on their own if they have like big ideas as it may seem in their head. So like how how do you bootstrap a business first of all? Like yeah. I think what a lot of people miss is what do you need money for, right? Mm -hmm. So if I could get what I need money to buy why do i need money then because money is the means to the end you are looking for mm -hmm. so if you go past money and focus on the end what could mm -hmm. possibly be there and who can you get the end from without money so that's basically how you think about bootstrapping right and i'll give you a classical example uh, back in school uh, in tech i think somewhere in my in my first year first semester i started selling water uh, such a pure water right and i started this water a business with three ghana cities initial investments right? at the time a bag of water was one cd 50 pesos but if i go outside to buy water i would be paying 20 pesos per sachet mm -hmm. and the bag contained 30 sachets of water in yeah. it. that means when i every single uh, if i buy 30 pieces I'm giving that person three Ghana cities of my money and they are actually only buying the bag for one city 50 pesos. Yeah. And so why don't I rather invest in buying the bags mm -hmm. at a wholesale price and resell it to my friends? So I started this Piotr business. I was then in Unity Hall, I think room 22A, block A on okay. the eighth floor. And one night I had to go all the way downstairs. I was on the eighth floor and you know, they usually turn off the elevator because elevator. the guys be misbehaving with was it. Was it ever on? I never See, saw it on my before. whole four years in KNUST uh, and my whole one year stay in Unity Hall, mm -hmm. the elevator was turned on twice. And all these two times were during occasions where mm -hmm. maybe alumni were coming into the campus oh, okay. and stuff like that. It was literally always off, or they turned it on to test it to see whether it's working. Ah. <laughs> so, the few times they turned it on, the guys misbehaved as usual, predictable. Uh, behavior yeah, they yeah. put a bucket of water in it and close it to go downstairs to open the window and there to come back up again so all these misbehaviors were part of the reasons and and the hall was actually trying to cut down costs mm. on operations because of the power consumption of, oh, of okay. the elevator so uh, back to my story right i had to go all the way downstairs from the eighth floor to go and buy a sachet of water Mm -hmm. and got downstairs because it was late in the night they had closed the inside gate to the cafeteria at the back so you, you have, have to, to come. go come out and go around the building and anyone who has <laughs> ever lived in unity or or has ever been to unity Hall yeah. can tell the stress you have to go through descending eight floors and going around the building to buy water by the time you get back upstairs you are thirsty again right yeah so i was like ah, Okay, but there's nobody who is readily available to provide a 24-hour service selling of water. Mm -hmm. So I decided to start that business. Okay. I used to have a printer in my room and 
I was running photocopy business as well. So people come to print their handouts, assignments, etc. for my room. And this was a printer I brought from home. So um, the only thing I had to buy was ink from time to time when it ran out. So I decided to print uh, water for sale, bags mm-hmm. of water and sachets of water 24-7. And I pasted it on every floor, room 22A, on every floor, block A and block B. Mm-hmm. Then I went to buy my first two bags of water for three Ghana's. It is my first initial investment. The, every bag of water you sell, you make 100% profit. profit. So the three Ghana cities was going to give me a profit of three Ghana cities. So I, I made my, enough money to buy four bags. Okay. And the four bags gave me enough money to buy eight bags. Fast forward, I was selling 60 bags a week. Mm. You can do the math. And to tell you how much profit I was making at a point when I got to the 60 bucks. Mm-hmm. Now I didn't have, I didn't need to give the wholesale distributors suppliers money. They could lend me the, the product on credit. I mm-hmm. sell and I give them their share. Of their money. share. Yeah. And so I was just like cashing out. So cashing it becomes out. pure profit. Yeah. It was pure profit for me. I was just taking them. I was working with their money and I was just doubling it and taking my share and giving mm-hmm. them their share. So that's how I started my very first business. And it taught me a very, very big, it wasn't my first business, it was my second business actually. Okay. It taught me a very big lesson that the multiplier effect really works, right? Mm-hmm. And if you want to start something that will cost you 1,000 Ghana CDs to do, don't go right forward looking at how you can, re- uh, looking at um, starting that 1,000 Ghana CD business. Mm-hmm. Now, go back and think about what you could do to raise that thousand Ghana cities without owing anybody, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't find an answer to it, then it means that the amount of money you need to raise, you definitely need it from a particular source. And so thinking from that line, I realized that you know, there are a lot of things you could actually do without mm-hmm. money. And you gave a classical example about designers not needing so much money to start their, their, their trade, right? Yeah. So in the service industry, there's something called marginal cost of production or marginal cost of producing and uh, releasing a new product. And for a software engineer, for a designer, the marginal cost of producing a new item or a new product is close to zero. And that is act- it actually runs across the service industry. Mm-hmm. The service industry, you are inputting time, expertise, and skills. Mm-hmm. You are not inputting actual raw material, raw so you don't need to buy it, right? Yeah. If you have the talent yourself, then you are not hiring somebody to pay to get the job done. Mm-hmm. You are making, you are just, the discipline of sitting down and getting the work done mm-hmm. is what would give you the money. And that is your marginal cost of, of, of running a service business. And that's yeah. basically what creatives uh, need right yeah so they need to build a discipline and a time that's their, their raw material input and it costs them zero right mm-hmm. once you can sit down and figure out how to create good products now it costs you zero Ghana cities to have an instagram facebook twitter linkedin accounts and most of the other social channels have trial versions that can last you maybe three months six months if you are looking for resources like icons and all these pre-designed templates and all you can either create them from scratch or you leverage free pick mm-hmm. uh, etc to get stock images for free to get uh, icons and all these raw materials you need for free because that is your raw material and mm-hmm. there's an open source version of all these things that yeah. free fonts instead of premium fonts 
Um, you can yes, go Google the route of torrents and find other uh, uh, items that you need that may be premium version, but you can find cheaper versions of them, free versions of them. So your marginal cost of starting is totally low. So you have no excuse really to 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 fail, right? Yeah. So it's basic. That's that is basically what bootstrapping is all about. What resources can you get to start mm-hmm. without thinking about who would invest in my business? Because the challenge you find with investors is they need a proven track record. They need traction. They yeah. need to see volumes and value. They need to see that, oh, the media is talking about you. You are the next big thing. And so how can we focus on you? And so when you think about it from that way, you start to see that there are lots of things you can do. My very first business was actually... A home maintenance service business. All I did was to serve as a middleman. Okay. I find artisans and tell them I will give you consistent uh, flow of jobs mm-hmm. in exchange. Give me thirty percent commission on your workmanship for every gig I give you. And I talk to homeowners and facility owners of buildings, and I tell them that you need to maintain a consistent maintenance culture. Right? You mm-hmm. need to establish a continuous maintenance culture, and I yeah. can give you reliable artisans to get the job done for you. If we don't do the job to your satisfaction within a particular period, you can get hundred. You are guaranteed hundred percent your money back, right? And this was the condition for which every artisan agreed to do business with me. All I needed to do was walk from one house to the other and tell them that: Do you have any job? Do you have any need any painter? Do you have broken mm-hmm. sockets? Do you? Because the need is there, right? but somebody mm-hmm. needs to bring it to bear to them that you yeah. really need this. And because of the infidelity or um, the trustworthiness, low trustworthiness mm-hmm. of artisans experienced by home- homeowners or landlords or facility mm-hmm. managers, they tend to shy away from even talking to them in the first place. So how are you able to ensure like quality assurance? Exactly. Like how are you able so to- if you only know one carpenter, you wait for the carpenter to come at his own time, right? But yeah. if you had access to 1,000 carpenters, you are mm-hmm. like the probability of finding a carpenter per every unit time was very high. So I built a database of different types of artisans. Okay. If I call you and you tell me, oh, you can be available only at 3, but the client needs the job done at 1, I'll call the next person till I find the person who is available at 1 to do oh, the okay. job for the client. And that's basically how I was closing the gap for the, for the uh, uh, homeowners and the and the customers who needed the services. So you can see there are lots of examples that we can give, but for the sake of this conversation, we may move on to. Yeah, I think there's one underlying factor in all the examples that you've given is that you have an ability to identify a need Mm. or a problem and then basically provide a solution to that that costs you literally or basically like little to low, low yeah. money so how how do people because sometimes when you have like a big idea or a big vision for mm. certain things people can get so locked into into the feeling of this is my mission this is my goal this is my passion and so it blinds you from seeing other opportunities around you that you could do in the meantime things that you're not really passionate about mm. but you could still do in the meantime to raise some funds or yeah. to give you some leverage onto so you can step up and go on to the next mm. thing. So how how do people get out of that tunnel vision and look around them and be able to identify problems and find solutions to those problems? How what does that process look like? 
So open-mindedness is a term used loosely, but can okay. be very difficult for people to exhibit, right, or live yeah. by. And so anyone can say, well, I'm a very open-minded person. But an open-minded <laughs> person looks outside their comfort space, looks yeah. outside exactly what is in front of them. And thinking out of the box, it's not mm-hmm. as easy as they say, right? But yeah. they are, it's very basic, very basic things, right? So... If I'm skewing this conversation towards the creative space, okay. classic example, I want to go into film production, mm-hmm. but I need equipment to go into film production. Yeah. However, there's an existing studio or a friend of mine works in the studio and he has the credibility to recommend me to intern with the studio. Mm-hmm. Now, I need to understand the business of film production. And I also have expertise in editing content, right? Mm-hmm. What I need is to either rent equipment, mm-hmm. uh, define my script or storyline or focus of, of whatever films I want to make to start with to break through the industry. Yeah. I can decide to intern and learn the trade. Okay. So in my mind, I am offering my skills for free to that company on okay. a freemium basis. Okay. So I'm stealing the terms that exists already in the business world right Mm -hmm. for people to get customers to buy customers Mm -hmm. or acquire customers they go the route of eliminating all the barriers to entry for the customers so they will sell they'll give you the access to the platform for free for free right now when you start to use the application they start to release features that you think have become a necessity for you to maximize the use of the app so they start to charge extra services so in-app purchases then come in right mm-hmm. if i am a videographer who is very good at editing and shooting and directing the other things i can do without owning a camera or renting a camera is editing the video mm-hmm. directing the video mm-hmm. scripting the video mm-hmm. uh, supporting with logistics for the video shoots and all of that so why not sell out those services mm-hmm in exchange to build more credentials now if i go out later and i want to say the portfolio of things i've got if if you want to gain credibility in the space of creative you need a portfolio portfolio. yeah that's the first thing right even without equipment if you have the portfolio to show you get the gigs now when you have the gigs you can request an upfront payment of maybe 40 to 60 percent down payment and you use that down payment to hire the equipment this is classical bootstrap okay Right, so we don't even need to think so far, far, far away from where we are. It's about what can I leverage right now? Right now, if I have a friend who has the equipment Mm -hmm. and I am the one who has the skill, how about I butter trade time with him? I assist him to shoot, and in exchange, when his uh, his devices are free, I can use them. And you guys are already applying that, right? Yeah, but it's not everybody who does. There are some people still stuck where they are till date. And have not been able to make progress in their business because they are not thinking in this light. They are being stingy with the things they have they as have. available resources when they can trade it for what they need. Hmm. That's interesting because I think now looking back, um, I can pinpoint a few examples of hmm. people around me, my close circle, who have done that. I mean, a typical example that comes to mind first is. There's this guy, you know Menzi, right? Yes, I know Menzi. Yeah, videographer. Um, yeah, shout out to Menzi. 
and he used to stay here and there was this guy who has been following him for like months that he wanted him to teach him wanted him to teach him where is Menzi like can I come to your place blah 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 and finally Menzi got tired and he's like okay come you understand and like I, I think at that point, he used to have like this really old camera I think I don't know if he bought it or it got handed down to him by somebody but that's all he had he didn't have a good enough mm. laptop and he identified Menzi as you know okay Menzi is in the space Menzi is doing great work so I have to associate myself with Menzi so he literally Menzi. offered himself as a living sacrifice you know and helped Menzi edit his videos and you know holding lights for Menzi moving around with Menzi when Menzi gets a gig like you know all those little things that doesn't seem sexy and this is not he's not a small boy he's like he looks mm-hmm. a little bit old like and matured and he's like okay let me put all these aside and just humble myself for this guy you understand and he's he helped Menzi do a whole lot of things and very recently I saw him post some videos or his reel for like 2020 and I saw the thing I was like wow because I saw where he started way over and the start wasn't like glorious or anything because like I'm here to learn video editing and things and when you are going I'm holding lens I'm holding light I'm doing this that's what somebody will probably think. Yeah. But he stuck with it. And one year, fast forward, like his work is... And once he he left um, Mezzi physically to go and, you know, start his own journey, uh, just as he said, he didn't have... He still didn't have, you know, a camera. So I don't know how he did it, but it's like, he doesn't have a camera, but he's still posting work. So my guess is probably same method. Yeah. He rents the gear or borrows for somebody, does the shoot, get the money accumulate and then over time you buy his own gear and then now he has a machine to edit with his price has gone up you know and now his price has gone up but he owns assets so he doesn't really need to buy a new equipment every time the one-time investment is going to make profit like 100 times whatever it is and so people people in the creative space you actually have a big chance to your profit margins are big, right? We are yeah. talking about 70, 80% post profit margin per mm-hmm. every work you do. Mm-hmm. And so if you calculate maybe your two gig data you bought to do your research or whatever it is, it will cost you maybe three, four, five, six Ghana cities mm-hmm. if you put it. And and your time that you put in it, if you spent two hours doing a creative and then mm-hmm. let's say you were charging yourself, you were charging maybe five or ten dollars per mm-hmm. hour. If you calculate that plus whatever two-hour two bundle you bought to complete the work, mm-hmm. you realize that you spent maybe a hundred or fifty, a hundred or fifty to one fifty Ghana yeah. cities working on a creative, and you charge two, three hundred, five hundred, sometimes thousand, depending on how uh, high your portfolio oh, is and your rates card is. So, and sometimes when you become very good and you have built so much, so many things in your library. It's, mm-hmm. It cost you maybe you spend thirty minutes or fifteen minutes to complete exactly. work, right? And so there's there's this saying that goes like, "You are not paying me because I spent five minutes to get a work done. You are mm-hmm. paying me for all the time all I need to learn how to get this thing done in five minutes, exactly. right?" And so you have like abundance of of opportunity when mm-hmm. it comes to making big money from your small trade or small skills you have acquired and so you need to look at it always from the big picture and even when you have established your business you are always looking at cutting down cost and maximizing profits yeah so you need to consider 
what can I better treat? No matter in the service industry, you're always looking for ways to cut down cost and maximize profit. Yeah. Even in other industries, they're always looking for ways to cut down cost. But for them, raw materials, physical material, equipment are necessary costs that you have to bear every time. Yeah. But with you, as in the pure service space, you may not need, you may not, not necessarily, depending on what type of work you do, you only yeah. need a laptop, you need an upgrade of the laptop, maybe every two years, every three years. Internet. Exactly. Transportation to meet clients. Exactly. So your marginal cost is very manageable. So if you find a way to live at the city center where you mm. live close to some coffee shop, you schedule your meetings there, make sure your clients come there so that you, you always walk to the place. Exactly. <laughs> you always walk to the place so you don't have to spend money. Yeah. To, to, and then you come home, come and eat, pee, go back, sit there, the next meeting. You just do that. So these are some of the things you may want to consider when you are trying to bootstrap as a startup, right? Yeah. Find a convenient location where you can live and work at the same time and meet your clients without having to spend money going back and forth and mm. um, the location you may live should also be close to where you may need most of your resources okay. uh, to to get your work done so even if your rent costs is say um say a thousand ghana cities mm -hmm. and it is saving you two thousand cities worth of moving about and food and all the inconveniences that may cost you. You you may think that you are sinking a thousand cities in rents, but you're mm -hmm. actually saving two thousand cities in exchange for paying that thousand CD premium. So yeah. you want to consider all these things and make sure that maybe where you live can even be your office. Mm -hmm. right? So you don't have to I don't have to rent an extra studio. So you rent maybe a yeah. two bedroom house, use the other room for a studio and all of that. And you save a lot of costs, right? So yeah. you need to consider all these things in, in, in designing the way you run your business so that you can manage it and you can bootstrap your way through without seeking extra financing to support your business. Mm, okay, cool. Yeah, I think among, among our circles, subconsciously, most of us do that. Yeah, because so I remember literally bootstrapping the days of second cup where yeah. you see Daniel there, you see yourself, you see Cleopas, I'll pass through once in a while. Like you go there, you see all the boys like are muda. Exactly. <laughs> so we are not spending money on phone calls. We are having our conversation, we're having our meetings. Exactly. Like, we just buy one water or something. Yeah. We are eating there, we are working there, free Wi-Fi. And yeah. we stay there through to the evening and everyone goes on. The next exactly. day we are back there. And I think the next step, I mean, especially for Danny and ourselves, was to like get a place, live there, convert part of the space to an office. Exactly. And until you have enough money to you know, move out. Separate your separate life from spaces. work and all of that. And nowadays, thank, thank God in some sense. I mean, I'm not thanking God for COVID, but like the whole you know honestly covid has saved us a lot of costs to be frank yeah, as like much as people's lives are being taken away yeah uh, when you look at other aspects of it it's actually forced us to rethink the way we live and the conversation around the future of work has totally changed from yeah. from it being a, a prediction thing to us leaving it as a reality now so. yeah yeah so i guess one last um uh discussion or that we we take before we end uh today's session is going down to the nitty-gritty of some of the things that people can consider like as business people like thinking about a business or even a freelancer mm. thinking about himself as a business 
entity like what are some of the things that we could consider um i would say for example when i was starting out i mean as a freelancer you feel like yeah the money is coming to you like you are doing because it begins to feel like you are literally getting free money because first of all the laptop is not be buying yeah but and second of all you are you've probably um pirated the software you are using mm-hmm. you are not paying for it you are getting free mockups free yeah. everything and then you do a logo for somebody and you are charging x amount of cds and so that becomes like okay i'm getting free money and so i can spend it any anyhow until you get to a point where you're like okay i want to convert this into a business then that kind of spending habit becomes a problem mm. so um what are some of the things you feel like if someone is starting a business in terms of finances taxes documentations thinking long term what are some of the things that we should take into consideration when you know starting business afresh i think easy 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 peasy right mm-hmm. the first and only thing mm-hmm. i would recommend you to do is invoice everything you do okay right so just have a contract that you sign with every client for so have a rate card have mm-hmm. a contract have an invoicing platform okay. these are the three basic tools that you need to have right when you consider the customer's uh, uh, workflow mm-hmm. they come they reach out to you they request the service you send them your rate card they agree you send them a contract they sign then you move on to invoice them when they agree to the pre- performer invoice you get the job done then you invoice them once the job is done you close the project and then you expect that your money falls into your account right okay now the good thing is every time you keep track of your expense and you keep track of your invoices mm-hmm. you'll be able to tell how much money came in and how much money went out okay now even if you have a bad spending habit the fact that you are able to see how much money you are making, you are making it subconsciously starts to make you rethink what exactly you could do to multiply that because human needs and wants are endless right yeah. they are very unlimited and so every day your demands are growing your needs are growing and so now because you can quantify how much you make you can set milestones for yourself to say okay if i can make xyz mm-hmm. then i can break my expense into a b c d so that mm-hmm. i can accommodate x y the next x2 y2 z2 mm-hmm. so having that visual visualization of your expense and your income would help you in the first place so do those top three things rate mm-hmm. card se- uh, service agreement contract. and your invoicing platform yeah so the contract is the same as the service oh, agreement. Okay. and yeah. then your invoicing platform that's is your uh, your 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 startup kit your startup, startup kit. kit okay so now um to conclude talking about invoicing and um what's the other thing uh your service agreement service agreement and all those things sometimes people feel like they need to reach out to an accountant or reach out to a lawyer so what happens if you don't have an accountant friend who can help you out or a lawyer friend to help you out? thank god to technology okay. right there are there are tools like wave okay there are tools like uh quickbooks there are tools like zoho books all these are accounting platforms that all you need to do is sign in sign up like use your gmail to sign up yeah you don't even need to sign when you sign up it will ask you business individual business or enterprise a small business or enterprise you choose one it selects it asks you is there an incorporation a partnership or a sole proprietorship mm-hmm. you click it takes you to the next day um 
upload your logo name of business email address physical address you complete it it has generated your invoice template for you mm-hmm. all you need to do is go to products add your product items and the so every time you update your rate card you mm-hmm. go and update all yeah, the products and the yeah. pricing when a customer requests a service you come you click you add a service you see the it will pre-populate then you've generated your invoice it automatically accumulates everything now when you make an expense maybe transportation today mm-hmm. you spent 200 cities come you come and input it under expense so just focus on income and expense income and expense income and expense by the time you finish everything and you choose specifically oh this came from maybe you invested your own money into it so mm-hmm. owner investment you go you go to settings you go and add update the owner investment blah it will generate balance sheets for you pnls profits and loss mm-hmm. ratios uh, it will generate every single thing you want at the end of the day to even mm-hmm. be able to tell you which of your customers are valuable to you what's the lifetime okay. value are it can generate automatic reminders to your customers. It can tally if you are using mobile money or bank accounts. You can create dummy accounts and be populating mm-hmm. it with the data that um, any money you receive in any of the accounts. When you, you receive a payment, you go click uh, uh, add payments. Mm-hmm. Then you input the amount, which accounts, mobile money, cash, cash in hand or so even if you spent the money at least you know that money amount x amount of money came into this came into this came into this and yeah. all of that so once you are able to do that you can tell and if you check your expense you'll be able to tell what what am i spending more money on yeah you get it then you'll be able to make those inputs clearly and understand okay my next milestone i need to develop financial discipline these are the things i want to cut down expense on but if you don't have a visual representation on what you are spending money on you can't even you figure can't, out yeah. how to solve the problem right so that is my little advice to anyone who is trying to not comp- over complicate things and when yeah. you're looking for agreements there are a lot of online platforms which you can draw simple temp- sample templates just go type service agreement or graphic designer agreement templates Template. go to google let's google be your best friend just the same way as you go and search for icons and favicons and logos and mm-hmm. all these uh, mockups and things you, you you that's the same way you can find the rest of the information that you need as yeah well. so yeah yeah My i think little we've been, advice we've been using with ourselves for like for the past however long yeah. that was freelancing and now being like an established business it's still the same accounting principles right yeah and it's interesting when i sometimes i open the dashboard and i see like transactions from you know see how much money you've made yeah and how much uh, how much that has and you look out. at your pockets right now and you're like ah, where did all this money pass exactly and even um i also started this thing recently last year where i think yeah last two years late 2019 where a friend of mine introduced me to this app uh, it's called money lava yeah you and track your expenses like personal, personal expenses finances. so like even if i remove 20 pesos to buy water i just enter it and it's interesting to see just as you said if you have like a visual representation of oh shit like i actually spent this amount of money this year exactly then you begin to see okay where do where does that money go maybe some enters here some enters here are these things important no they are not Mm. cut down on that so it helps you you know manage your expenditure Mm. behavior and then you can plan budgets towards maybe this year i know i'm going to probably make a projection of uh, 200k or maybe 100k is going to go into buying equipment and all those things so it really helps you you know build on your financial mm. goals and your long-term business um business plans yeah 
And I think to end it all, I think books are also a really good, Absolutely. important thing. So are there any books that you've read or you are reading that you would recommend? Um, so it would be difficult for me to recommend specific book because of my interests, right? <laughs> but one of the biggest things that people miss is leadership, right? Okay. And leadership, for you to be a great leader, you need to be disciplined in the first place to lead yourself. Yeah. And leading yourself means setting milestones for yourself and being able to achieve them over a period. Okay. Um, leadership means being able to stay disciplined to time management, right? Because mm-hmm. these are everything you do is centered around time. You yeah. measure your success by time. You mm-hmm. measure your achievements by time. You measure your failures by time. You measure your life by time. Mm-hmm. Everything you do, you measure relationships by time. Yeah. Oh, I met you two years ago. What is yeah. it? How how is is our relationship stronger now? Is it, oh, two years ago we were like this, but now we are no more. Mm-hmm. Everything you do is almost measured by time. So it's very very important for you to be able to understand the value of time and its mm-hmm. place in your business and your life, right? Um, so that is big piece number one. So you can read about a lot about around time management. People management is the other thing, right? When we talk about people management, we talk about emotional intelligence. Right? Yes. It's synonymous to emotional intelligence. That's yeah. the word I was looking for. Oh, okay. Now, you, emotional intelligence is your ability, or is your ability to be able to manage how you feel. Uh, with respect to other people, with respect to resolving conflict, with respect to uh, empathizing with people, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et and so as a leader, for you to be able to lead other people, you need to learn to lead yourself, manage your anger, manage your reflexes, etc., to, yeah. to reflect the other people's, uh, how the other people feel, which is basically empathy in how mm-hmm. you make your decisions, right? And so you need to develop that discipline as well. Being able to manage people is one of the biggest things that can make or break you because the, your value as a leader to people only comes in. Your power as a leader is drawn mm-hmm. from the people who you, you surround yourself with. And this, yeah. uh, this is drawn from your span of control, your, your sphere of influence and all of that. Okay. How many people are willing to follow you or take instructions from you and, and follow you through to the end? That's what determines whether you are actually being a successful leader or not. Okay. And a leader shouldn't be someone who, when he enters a room, everyone moves away. Yeah. It should be someone that you, okay. you're a magnet of people who you attract people to you, and people see uh, people see you as an idol. They wish to be like, mm-hmm. and you should live by example. So you can't preach a gospel and do otherwise. Yeah. You can't set rules for your your team members and expect yourself to be above the rules. Even though you enforce the rules mm-hmm. and you set the rules, you still have the rules become above you the moment you invite other people to to be accountable to you. Mm-hmm. You also become accountable to yourself. So you can read books around leadership, right? Okay. Once you have mastered the craft and skill of leadership, everything else falls in place. Because mm-hmm. then, you, when you set your mind to something, you follow through to the end. And that is basically what success means, right? Seeing something through to the end. You set an mm-hmm. objective, you set a goal, you meet the goal, you call that success. So if I'm walking one kilometer, mm-hmm. until I reach one kilometer, I can't say I'm successful. Yeah. And that's basically what life is about. So also one of the other things people need to understand is set realistic benchmarks, right? Mm-hmm. You don't get up as a 25-year-old living in Ghana, living in Africa, considering all our circumstances and comparing yourself to a 25-year-old. 
living somewhere in Silicon Valley who comparison who may be <laughs> who may be exposed to different types of opportunities and different types of culture and mindsets and all of that. So we end up setting Ben. Oh, I want to be a millionaire at thirty. I want to be a billionaire at thirty. I want to retire at twenty-five. But what are you doing now as a milestone towards contributing to achieving that success? And that is what causes a lot of us to go into a state of depression or a state of confusion, a state of self-conflict, mm-hmm. a state of uh, loss of self-esteem, self-identity, self-confidence, because we set too high a benchmark for ourselves that we are unable to meet and it puts so much pressure on us, which results yes. in mental health issues, right? So we need to be very realistic with the time bounds, the timelines we set for ourselves and the milestones we set for ourselves, mm-hmm. considering all the Africa discounts into 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 play. Uh, then you can read books around financial management, which yeah. is very, very important for anyone who is in business. Once you understand the various, the concepts in financial management, it helps you understand how to measure your growth Mm-hmm. and by what factors because the yeah. success of a business is measured by how much money you are making at the end of the day a business yeah. is meant for profit exchange value for profits right yeah. and so if you can't understand all the components of your business that results in growth mm-hmm. and results in profitability at the end of the day then you are the wrong person to lead that business um also relationship building and partnerships so you mm-hmm. can read books around that area i am a firm believer of the benefits of example right and the benefits of example actually is a is a is a concept where you learn from the past okay so you can read biographies of previous people who have led businesses in the domain you are venturing into or the industry you are venturing into you can also explore uh, books around how a particular business failed so there's a there's a, the Toyota way talks about mm-hmm. lean methodologies and how okay. Toyota grew from becoming a small business to to becoming a big car manufacturing electronics company. Uh, there's a book called Built to Last. Built to Last. Built to Last is a research book that compares 50 businesses before 1950 and mm-hmm. businesses that have lasted after 1950 that started around the same time those businesses were uh, started okay. and also compares businesses that are in industries now compared to businesses that are in similar industries were in similar industries before or pioneered those industries and okay. what made those who went past that 50 year mark uh, different from the rest so when you read a book it makes you understand the foundations of why businesses that last beyond a certain period do and mm-hmm. you can apply those principles in what you do i believe that there's nothing really new under the sun mm-hmm. and so if you take lessons from the past it makes it easier for you to understand what has existed before because wisdom is the ability to apply knowledge mm-hmm. and it stems from experience yeah. so what makes uh, a wiser person so i i have this belief that there are two types of people mm-hmm. an older person and an elderly person mm-hmm. an elderly person is a wise person right mm-hmm. and an older person is only old by age so yeah. an elderly person is experienced and is able to pass down his knowledge through and his experience through wisdom mm-hmm. and it teaches you how wisdom is basically how you apply the knowledge you have acquired so if maybe um ed hit a roadblock mm-hmm. passing uh, adenta to madina mm-hmm. And he comes back and tells us that I hit a roadblock because there was a portal over there, there was a diversion. 
when I'm going, I'm not expecting to go and use the same routes because yeah. Ed has given me prior information that uh, there's a blockade on that route. So mm-hmm. I would find an alternate route alternate to pass. Route. If I go and use the same route and I turn back and come back and come and use another, I've wasted resources in the place previous and it shows that I wasn't able to apply the knowledge or the yeah. experience Ed shared with me and that is classical foolishness. Yes. Okay. So that is basically how people need to see life and understand how they can apply the things that have existed in the past or happened in the past to what the future will look like for them. Awesome. In summary, success leaves clues. So look for those clues. And then... Failures also leave clues, right? Yes, yeah, success, success and failure leave So history leaves clues. History leaves clues. <laughs> yes. I think um, we've come to the end of the discussion and I feel like this is a very powerful um, conversation to start the, off the whole season with. It's and a privilege so, to be the first I mean, on the podcast. It was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I hope you guys were taking notes because I've taken a lot of notes here myself. I'll put some of the resources in the show notes below so you can check the links for some of the books, some of the platforms that we spoke about. And... Um, yeah, we look forward to the next episode and yeah, I won't divulge much information right now. Just wait for that episode and when it comes, come back next week and listen to it. So I guess I'll sign out now and I'll see you on the next episode.